across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. Well, let me first address the PayPal issue real quick. Uh, you know, I, I, I find it kind of intriguing because there's a lot of us that run in the truth podcasting movements and and we we have all used paypal because that was the first ability to actually have cash you know sent to you through the world wide web uh so yeah of course we all got very used to paypal but then paypal puts out a message stating hey uh we're gonna find any wrong speech twenty five hundred dollars and then they immediately retracted that statement but the damage was done all of a sudden people were dropping out of paypal at droves and what did this really do? Well, it affected these small businesses like the podcast that you listen to and immediately decreased their income. And within months, I'm sure most of them will lose up to twenty five hundred dollars uh, over time from people just dropping PayPal. So the effect was there. Right. All they had to do was put the, the thought into the world and the effects happen anyway. Even if we're not being fined, we're still getting punished because everybody's leaving PayPal. So on that note, you can now subscribe to freemantv.com membership program through just a credit card using the Stripe system. So if you come over to freemantv.com and want to subscribe, you'll see you just have the form right there to fill out and you can pay with credit card. No more PayPal. Well, there are still PayPal options if you like. Uh, they're all right below that. So uh, we are swapping over. Apologies for not jumping on this sooner, but yes. So you can also always join by mail. Uh, just email me when you've sent the uh, check in the mail and I'll get your, your operation going. So there's always that too. So just letting you know, uh, there, you know, it's amazing a world of mind and how the consequences seem to occur regardless of the actual and uh, <laughs> effects of happening uh, just a simple word and everybody's losing so there we are and please come on over freemantv.com and subscribe help keep this going and you can just use credit card and not worry about paypal at all we are moving on from there but now we are going to look deep and dark into the ideas of well are we in hell <laughs> i mean seriously uh, is this a reincarnation trap does Satan just have control of this world for a limited time? Or are we moving into this constant cycle of just like dark city where we're put into a new reality every time we come back to this? Is there a way to escape this? How does this relate to our out-of-body experiences? Are we being soul harvested? Who built this realm? And why are we here? And we're going to get deep and dark into all of that with Howdy Mikowski. And he is the author of several books. We've had him on the show. We are exposing the expositions. Wow, you know, the truth about history. That is not truth, right? Falling for truth, of course, being another classic. And the power of then and the ancient Egyptian studies. Uh, but today we are looking at Exit the Cave. And Howdy is a philosopher, researcher of ancient wisdom and history and uh, in order to stand this realm that we call our world, right? We're looking at this and we're trying to understand creation, life, death, and why the hell we are in hell. <laughs> so Howdy, welcome to the Free Zone. Great to be back, Freeman, and what a terrific interview, or I mean a terrific uh, opening to the interview, like uh, couldn't have written anything better myself. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's a fascinating topic. It's something that doesn't get discussed. And I think people should be thinking about their death a little bit more as we stare down the barrel of World War III or complete destruction of humanity through uh, pharmaceuticals and medical uh, atrocities going on. I mean, there's so many ways right now that we are staring death in the face. And it's, it's hard for a lot of people. They had a lot of hopes and dreams for this world. And I wonder if that's really the method that uh, we come to this world with or if it's in, ingrained in us. What do you think? Well, you know, we are. It, it's a challenging topic we're going to discuss. It's a challenging topic that I finally decided needed to be written. And for a lot of the listeners, you know, it's going to sound negative. Like a lot of what we're saying here is going to, I mean, extremely negative. But it's there. there is a positive at the end of all this. And the positive is the realization of your true power, the realization of 
what is actually true. The problem is we have had we are dealing with so many layers of lies, so many layers of deception that it's very hard to break through all of those and it can be difficult for someone that doesn't really want to look deeper than uh than wherever their comfort zone is so th this is an opportunity to start going through your past your comfort zone and certainly the last two years has been that's a really good description of it it's been a push on people's comfort zone for the last 30 or 40 years life has been pretty much the same you know give or take a few things here and there but there's always been this everything's kind of okay now in the last two years a lot of people have finally started to realize hey everything's not okay one way or another, they started to realize that. And then now I think there's like a zeitgeist starting to happen up of like, okay, so what is this place? What actually, what, what, where are we? Um, the old answers don't match the experience of the last two years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's hard to, to go and try and say, hey, I'm, I want to be this and I'm going to do this. And there's a lot of victimhood going on, a lot of um just you know a lot of people very upset like Klaus Schwab said that's going to be a very angry world but in your studies of the Egyptians you find that they dedicated their whole lives to their deaths right I mean at least in the pharaonic realms where we see these grand ceremonies that were put together in this constant you know scrolls of a pep of a peppy trying to show you the path through these and then you go and you meet Thoth and 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 have your heart weighed by a feather and then the crocodile god pep <laughs> decides whether or not he's going to eat you uh but their entire existence is, from what i've understood from uh, you know the elite of the egyptians is that they they focused on death till death <laughs> yeah it's, of course that's always now it's i'm seeing it's a really hard culture to really fully understand because we come you know ancient egypt is of course a, um, a culture that took over from a much earlier culture, from a much earlier civilization. So they, in a sense, were, when they sort of arrived, and however the pharaonic Egyptians arrived in 3000 BC and sort of came up, came across these giant structures, a lot of what pharaonic Egypt was doing in the Old Kingdom, I think, was just trying to understand what was they themselves. As much as we were trying to understand the pharaonic Egyptians now, they were trying to understand whatever the civilization was that left all the giant monuments before they got there. So you've got this element that the Egyptians are have this, pharaonic Egyptians, have this great knowledge, this great power, but they are still one step away from those who came before them. and and they they were trying to figure things out just as much as we were trying to figure things out. Now they had a problem with the death experience because while death was a key, seemed to be a key element all the way through that changed, right? In the, in the early phases of, of, of what we call the old kingdom, it seemed to be much more of a, of an attempt to understand what's going to happen in the after death transition state. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen for sure. You don't know what's going to happen for sure. But we can dig into a lot of stuff and get some ideas. And they were, they seemed to be clear that there was a lot of tricks and deceptions and they were preparing for that. But by the time we started hitting Middle and New Kingdom, you start to notice a shift that's starting to happen. You start to notice death is now being controlled by an elite priesthood. And there's a, there's now a special get into heaven free card, you might say. The priests have it, and if you have enough money, they'll do the ceremonies for you so that you can get to heaven um, as opposed to the commoners who don't get this. So we already begin to see, the again, the specialness for the elite, non-specialness for the average person, and that concerns me again because anything that tries to separate specialness heading into death is already concerning me as another deception, and we have to really break this down to what is what what is what is the place we live in what is this creation really who created it and why that's that's really important so i think the egyptians were very good and the ancient cultures were very good at explaining that the next level though which you could call exiting plato's cave becomes a real problem even the even the allegory of plato's cave i find now is quite poor it's poorly designed and we can talk about that if you want what's missing in it and then you have the okay what have you got for what happens after you die? And what have you got for preparation for it? And that also starts to get fuzzy as we get closer to uh, our current time. 
Yeah, you have to wonder if these ancient civilizations had more knowledge of the the death process and the crossing over and what there was to expect and and then because it it almost seems like it's kind of moved backwards uh having a you know them coming into this the egyptians coming into this and finding knowledge and then not really understanding where it was going but knowing it was important and then it seems to diminish down to the point where you can just uh pay a cardinal a little extra money like you could with the pharaoh or uh you know one yeah. of those people and uh but everybody okay no go ahead uh well everybody already thinks i mean every civilization it appears has this idea that they live they're living in the end satan has this short parody of time it's armageddon every and I mean, of course, we all feel that way again. And even the president's using terms like Armageddon at this moment. Uh, and it, there's just this sense of always just trying to get through life, trying to reach that final apocalypse, the, revel the revelation. And um, uh, wow, <laughs> my thought just went over the cliff. Uh, this idea of, of uh, just uh, standing at the end of the world at all times and, and then constantly thinking that there is this heaven just waiting around the corner and all you got to do is uh, do good deeds or, you know, do the right prayers, do whatever it is, and, and you'll be taken care of. Not exactly sure where I was going with that, honestly. Sorry. No, but that, that leads to two what I would call really big fallacies in, in trying to understand this. The one is the Armageddon side. The other is the heaven side. Now, the standard, if you, if you ask the average person what, uh, how this, what this realm is or how it was created, an answer would be something like there's a loving God or a loving, de a loving deity who created this realm and created it as a place for our learning and our evolution and so that we can spiritually grow and learn to be more loving and more kind. And then eventually, after we've done several lives here, we can rejoin this creator. And at the same time, this world is set up as a place where we can co-create and we can we can experience all of our wishes if we want to, and our dreams can be fulfilled. And we have some suffering, but all the suffering is just teaching things to get us back to, to the creator. And so that would be the standard story, the standard foundation most would have. I've now come through, the, and, and this I had this 20 years ago. I just kind of left this stuff for a while after my death experience and, and focused more on other spiritual areas, but I've moved back here. To where so it's not this is not new for me this is very very old work it's just i've just sunk into it much much deeper and that is more similar to how the cathars or the gnostics or ancient civilizations or native traditions who see this world at, or see this reality as a that there is like an absolute creator what we can call a a true good or we can't call it a creator because it doesn't really create it's just an absolute force it's just it, it's just there and uh, the problem is, is there was a false creator that was uh, generated, depending on the on the mythology. We'll give you a different way how that happened. Uh, the Gnostics call it a demiurge. The Cathars call it Rex Mundi. There's various terms for it. And this this um, this demiurge created a copy of an original heavenly realm. Created and and this copy is more like a a simulation, artificial AI computer program, which then caused sparks of essence or sparks of the divine to be tricked in here and in once they were tricked in uh you might say combined with energy souls were created and once these souls were created these souls could now be dropped deeper and deeper and deeper into layers of of matter and that's what our world has become it's a it's actually a realm that has only at least as i can see it now has only one purpose that is as an energy generating farm for the energy to be hauled off put back into the system so that it's like a perpetual energy system to keep this flowing. I, I think of it like a whirlpool or a vortex, and it needs a certain amount of energy, a certain amount of flow of water to constantly keep the vortex going. And, and that's what I see our realm is. And now the ideas of Armageddon and the false idea of heaven play into keeping the, keeping the vortex of, of continuous energy power sucking uh, continuing, which is the best way to describe it. We're, we're here. We're here to be a power source. The, the Matrix movie, which I, I, like you, I, I consider Dark City to be genius, but that one part of the Matrix, which is kind of the Dark City, 
1.0, this idea of showing Neo that he's a battery. That that is our realm. That that is what we're here for as a material being, uh, even at the point of our soul. And we want to get past all of that and return to our essence, which has nothing to do with this realm, has nothing to do with any of the things that are have, have trapped us here. It's our essence that can leave. And so we have to start separating all of these ideas, all these concepts to start seeing, well, what is true and what isn't. And that's that's so difficult to do given we we've been given so much, so little true information about where we are absolutely and this comes up to the idea of will and i think of the freemasonic rituals and when you enter a lodge as a freemason and entered apprentice you must announce that you have come of your own free will and accord and then as you go through the different levels of ritual up to your death and resurrection ritual uh, you are then thrown into a room of contemplation where after all of the finish your master ritual, you go into this room with a candle and a skull and do nothing but contemplate your own death. Uh, there's many layers in that, but the the first idea of the idea of coming of your own free will and accord. Um, so we get kind of conned into coming here is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Not only were we originally trapped, were we originally tricked to come in originally, we were, we're tricked all the time. We're tricked all the and, and when we talk about Plato's cave, this is one thing I think is hard for people. Most people, when they envision that analogy, they think of it like the material realm, like the material world. That's Plato's cave. That's what I need to disengage from somehow. But Plato's cave is the material realm, the etheric realm, the astral realm, the angel realm, the super duper realm. It doesn't matter what realm you've got. If there's something where there's any form of possible duality, that's part of that's part of the cave. That's part of the delusion. And constantly, this realm is designed to distract us, trick us, deceive us, and like you say, give away, give our authority over to something outside of ourselves to to stop the, the power within, even prayer. The average person is taught prayer to pray to some force outside of themselves, which is probably just making them pray. By just by, 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 putting your, by putting your energy on something outside of yourself, which you don't really know what it is. I mean, we pray to God or this deity or a power animal or a spirit being or an angel, but we don't really know that's where the energy is going. We really don't know what we're praying to. We're just, we're hoping that, Whatever I'm sending, it's like an energy focus, right? It's like an intent, and we don't know where we're sending this energy. And that's, I think, a dangerous element. It's an example of a dangerous element because it's leaving ourselves open to manipulation and energy stealing. And why don't we learn to pray to ourselves? Why don't we learn to trust our own power? And I took that, this, this concept to a Native Indian medicine man, friend of mine, Jerry, and I shared that with him, and he told me a story. Um, that about 20 years ago, there was a drought somewhere in, in New Mexico or Arizona, and they called some local medicine men but uh, to pray for rain, but nothing worked. And they finally had to bring another medicine man in from the north. And he did his ceremony, and that night it rained, and the next few days it rained. And they finally asked him, why did your ceremony work when all the others didn't? And he said, oh, the other medicine men were praying for rain. And when you pray for something, that means it's not here. I just prayed rain. And when I, when I took this back to Jerry and I said, well, obviously what he did first is he became rain. He actually, he wasn't medicine man praying to rain. He was rain praying to rain. So the only thing that existed was rain. So the only thing that could manifest was rain. And it was like, it, it, it was like, how have I not seen this my whole life? You know, the, the act of prayer is not it's not asking something outside of yourself or something. It's becoming first the thing that you that you're putting that you're putting the effort of your prayer into. And of course, it would then it would have to manifest because that's all there would be in existence. It was like a a, a monumental, explosive thing. But our whole realm is designed to do things like this to not let us see this and act on this and live in this particular way while we're here. I certainly have found magic in the world and 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 even maybe you might call it bliss, but you wouldn't find it without the uh, the conflict being there in the first place. You know, I need conflict to have resolution and feel that bliss of, oh, my God, there's something bigger than me in the world that's guiding and helping. And uh, so 
you know, I, I wonder if I am from this world and whether I will be caught in this reincarnation trap again, because from the time I was a little kid, I, I think I was like seven years old. I just grabbed some fried chicken, wrapped it up in a little scarf and took off. My parents found me miles away. You know, there was not this attachment to the world for me and never has been. That's always kind of been my gift. I just didn't care <laughs> enough about my future, I guess, to just uh, the fool card and the tarot, I think really exemplifies this the best is that idea of just walking off the edge of a cliff. What's going to happen? You don't know. Uh, but that has been my experience here on planet Earth in this current incarnation where I really don't have worldly desires. I just want to experience life to its fullest. I just want to go and see and do and uh maybe to the, then because of it is maybe my last in the reincarnation trap i'm not sure uh, yeah, all, yeah all i've all i've been able to come to realize now after my life and going through the lives of others that this is a i now consider this a suffering pit of hell and that's all it really is it's it's got elements where people can have very nice experiences but the suffering will always come back and even if it's not that bad even if it's not that bad, we're, we're dealing with a problem of the memory wipe. And this is a real issue that really, that was, that's when I, when I really dug into the memory wipe, that's when it opened the door to me of how, how much this place is set up to lie to us. And I've, I've now come to the conclusion that reincarnation is pretty much a 99.9% .9 truth. And I know if someone's following a Western religion, uh, they've been, you know, they've been told not to believe this, even though it was in every every religion right at, at its core. It's only the Western religions took it out of there, a thousand or fifteen hundred years ago. Uh, but it's it's been there in, in in every tradition from the beginning. There's so many verifiable reincarnation experiences now, particularly from young children. You know, we can. There's so many interesting ones of, of how they they have knowledge of of, of another person's life. There's no way they could know pretty much without having lived it. But once you begin to understand that, okay, reincarnation is probably a truthful thing. We're, we're told in the Eastern tradition, it's all linked to these ideas of karma and how good or bad you've been the last time. And that'll determine what happens the next time you come back. And But the more you listen to certain types of near-death experiences, the ones who are not the standard white light, everybody, loving grandma, but ones who are on the edge of those, and as you listen to some of it, pre-birth memories, and the key is always they're made to forget the last experience they've had and any other experiences, which means this can't be a place of learning. It can't be a place of, of growth because the only way you learn is you have an experience, you do something, you find out what worked or didn't work, and then you can do something different the next time. If you have to keep going life after life after life, doing the same thing over and over and over again, never actually taking with you the knowledge from previous lives that tells you that tells you it's a type of trap already it's very similar to the to westworld where the robots are when they get killed on the on the in the field of play and they're taken back and of course they're patched up they're fixed and then they are memory wiped they make sure that they are they can forget everything that's happened so they can go back and get raped and killed and destroyed and used all over again and really, the story of Westworld is about the story of Dolores and Maeve. They are the two robots who each in their own way begin to finally remember their past memories. They begin to remember the things that have happened to them. And I think, and of course, that they make the decision, I'm getting out of this place, right? I'm done with Westworld. And whatever it takes, I'm getting out of here. And I think that's why the memory wipe is so important. If we actually remembered all of our lives, because maybe the life, you know, a person listening to right now, maybe yours is not so bad this time. Okay, maybe yours is not a total suffering pit of hell. Maybe yours is just semi-annoying or even not so bad, but you can't remember the last 20 lives you had. And some of those might have been just insane. And you don't know what the next one might be like. The next one might be really horrible. So without the knowledge, the complete knowledge of every life that we've had, all the experiences in them, it's obvious, it's obvious at least that whoever runs this realm is it has, has is deceiving us. Because until unless we have all of that knowledge, we can't make any kind of proper decision of can this can this realm actually be here in some way positive for us at the very least, 
we wouldn't be getting our memory wiped every time we enter a new body. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. <laughs> have all that knowledge, have all that understanding. And that makes complete sense. You know, an amnesia trap that if you live in a realm of amnesia, it's like going to sleep, having these crazy dreams, waking up, having sensations of the dream, but not having any recollection of what it was. And we all know that feeling. And you know what yeah what good is it to have yeah. a constant school exactly what you know like i say in my book if i if i have to touch stinging if i touch stinging nettle and i burn my fingers i learn oh yeah i put gloves on and now i can pick stinging nettle and i don't get burned but if i come back in the next life and i don't remember that and i have to touch the nettle every single time and burn my fingers well that's insanity and actually that's our reality yeah and we do live in sanity right now. Oh my God, if we had any lessons, I don't think we would be where we are right now. It is so upside down. It is so crazy and ridiculous. Uh, but really, who is the judge of good and evil, right? It's you, right? Right. right. And, 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 that's, and there, there's, there's another one of the traps, the idea that there's some authority greater than you that you have to bow down and listen to. And particularly, this is a key part of the standard near-death experience, which is the life review. And in the life review that comes, for, it, there's always, a, there's always a, a, a focus on it of the things you've done that weren't good, the things you've done that were bad, and, and the impact that had on others. Now, before we go too far, this is because we're going into such really interesting topics here. So, when we talk about the standard near-death experience, right, 85% of those who have a near-death experience have most of these elements, a white light or a tunnel, uh, unbelievable feelings of love or peace. There's usually dead relatives, maybe Jesus or Buddha, they're dead animals that they knew. They're given a life review, usually shown whether they didn't live very well and that uh, always you have to go back. It's not your time. There's more you need to do. You have a mission you have to complete. The person comes back and generally their life transforms. They become kinder and nicer. They usually become, they're more spiritual. They are more loving. They are trying to help other people. And so generally you would think this is a good thing. Uh, look at the transformation that's happened for these people. And I 100% believe their experiences are genuine. I 100% believe what happened and their transformation is genuine. I started to realize that but probably this experience is another trick. This experience is like a propaganda presentation where if, if going into the white light is the recycling tube to suck you back in here, then wouldn't you want as much good propaganda as possible to make people think, oh yeah, the light, light and the love, that's, that's where I want to go. I want to, and no one is, very few are checking the non-standard near-death experiences, the 15% of them that say things like, yeah, my dead grandma was there and then I, I got a little closer to her and she wasn't grandma anymore. She was like a demonic being pretending to be my grandma. And, you know, when you start getting into the, the ones that are really showing that a lot of this is actually a deception, we have to take a step back and say, even though someone with a near death, death experience has a wonderful transformation, is that going to allow them to reach the totality of themselves? Because in those experiences, there's always tends to be, just like you've just said, a giving up of my own authority and my own power to some being outside me that is seen as higher than me. Once we begin to see that nothing is higher than us, we, we, we are actually, we are the highest. Our, our deepest soul essence is the most powerful thing in this creation. It's more powerful even than the demiurge that created it. That's the great fear the Demiurge has for every single soul, you might say, that's in here is each of us are greater than the Demiurge, but the whole system is set up to get us to turn over our power and our authority to someone or something else. It seems we can make a comparison to somebody that's waking up to the reality of the world today. They've been living their happy little life going along and all of a sudden <laughs> discovered, oh my God, you know, the world is not at all what I thought it was. We've got Epstein Island. We've got, you know, just, you know, and all of a sudden they're waking up to this whole other planet that they've been living on all along, but now they see it and you really go through the stages of grief when this happens, when your entire mm -hmm. world is destroyed. Uh, suddenly you've got to work through all the different processes of anger and questioning and, and uh, you know, all the way up to acceptance. 
But it does seem like a philosophy like this might just lead people to say, well, why don't I just check out and try to get out now? Yeah, I've had a few even emails of people who read the book thinking maybe that's what I'm referring to. And and, and 100% I'm not at all. And the reason I'm saying that is because just because you transition today doesn't mean you're going to person's going to be ready for the the tricks and the traps and the things that are in the, and the contracts that's another weird thing that we 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 need to talk about is these things known as soul contracts where literally we've we've agreed to have certain things done to us in our lifetime supposedly for our benefit where we actually almost sign on the dotted line to be treated like garbage and all of this is and there's there is there are hundreds of tricks. I've been listening to um, uh, Forever Conscious Research. Mark goes through various near-death experiences and gives his commentary over them. And it's it's fascinating to hear the, the vast array of experiences. And, and you can just see different tricks for different people. And that's the problem. We don't know what really the tricks are going to be used on us. So part of the, the time we are alive, and yes, try to do the best you can. I, I try to be as kind to other people and nature as I can. I try to be of value. I try to be of service. But now I, I see it uh, even more so that a main focus has to be preparation, that every day I get is another day to prepare to find another lie, another bit of false, an, a, a, another deception, another possible trick, so that no matter whether this opportunity comes when I'm alive, because I think some people can leave the matrix like now. I don't think you have to wait till you're dead. There's an open, the, the, the craziness of our world is a mirror indication that there's a portal open right now, like right now. And, and spirits can, if you, if you can find that portal and know, and you knew what to do, you, you, you could leave right now, uh, clean, like fine, no problem. However, that's, that's, some, the rest will have the opportunity, I think, at the death experience, and we need as much preparation as we can. So if someone just checks out because the suffering is too great or thinks they want to, because I've been there, I've been at the place where I, I contemplated suicide really, really deeply 30 years ago. And all I can say to those people is, we got to try to take in that suffering and, and work with it, understand it, because say, how can I use this for another bit of preparation? Because if if you're at the point of suicide, that means I, I hate this place. You know, that's part of where suicide comes from. It's from the realization in one way or another, I hate this place. This place is, it's a type of hell. Like you said, it, this is this is a hellish realm. I don't want to be here. Okay, but just killing myself will probably not get me out. It'll just put me back into the cycle and I'll be back in here again. So that's not what that's not what you really want. You want to be able, I think, to use your time to gain so much knowledge that when the opportunity finally appears it appears to it appears in your experience one way or another alive or dead you're going to know what to do and how to take it so again you are in total command when the opportunity is there by staying in your own power by by finding your own deep source so i always like to make sure i say that that this is about even if it's tough even if it's difficult i've had a woman that i know who's going through a, a terrible battle with cancer. Didn't think she'd be around very long. Uh, I didn't have my book ready yet. And one of her emails was just, please write faster. And, and I was working kind of as hard as I could for her, but she was doing unbelievable work at the time, not only on healing herself, her body, but healing her mind, healing her preparation. And now she's, she's healed herself of, of, of the cancer. And now she's ready to go on to a totally different experience in this realm. So it's important to use even the suffering to your advantage. Absolutely. I've often said that if you feel suicidal and if you feel like your life is just, you know, misery, then you literally can just walk out your door. I've done it. Uh, and it's a frightening thing. You can't go out it as a victim. You can't go out into the world and try to find uh, synchronistic realms manifestation if you're in a constant victim state because all you're going to find is trouble. Uh, it just continues to lead you that way because you make your own problems, folks. You know, it's nine times out of ten, you you engage and and create your own problems. And but if you're ready to just die, then why not just walk out your door and go see what life brings you? You know, it's just. Um, 
just change everything just toss it all up in the air and and, and take a hike uh, that was always my my feeling on that sensation yeah and like for me i mean i i needed a, i needed a little outside boost right when i was in that state it was seeing the the program on ancient egypt and it was like an explosion in my mind of like oh that's what i'm supposed to do with my life and it's like the depression just ended instantaneously and there was a massive source of energy that moved me in the direction that the last 25 years has taken me so sometimes it just it'll be something as simple as that it'll be like one surprising thing you weren't expecting and it all can change instantaneously for you yes but i still look back at that experience when when i was in that state and i know it, it also wasn't false I know, I know I wasn't lying to myself in that state. I know I was also seeing a, a true level of reality. And it's also taken me something like 25 years to start analyzing. It's easy to analyze the nice parts of life. It's easy to analyze the synchronicities, the, the gifts, the, the, the gifts of power, the, the help that comes. It, we don't like often to dig into the difficult parts of our life, that the times when life has been really tough, but there's just as many really important understandings of self and reality in there and often those those lessons are not ones we really hope to find those are ones that are quite disillusioning disillusioning meaning dropping a layer of, of illusion dropping a layer of belief that you've been holding but they're they're just as important as seeing seeing a layer of what you might call positive interaction with the world you've got to see how the world interacts negatively and you've got to be okay with that because you can't just you can't hide from a part of reality because you don't like it nope it'll keep finding you <laughs> it'll keep finding you <laughs> i've seen that uh yeah we we're almost in a constant state of reincarnation here it's like uh jumping jesus moments where we're just constantly having to relearn and and will we listen will we learn will we blame ourselves right like uh if you've got the victim mentality then of course the world's out to get you and you never once question that you're actually the jerk here and causing everybody to uh you know treat you this way it's, uh, well, that well, that's one part of it. There's another part that I've realized that it's, that's also been hard for me to, is how many times I've been manipulated in my life. How many times outside, and we'll call them outside beings or demonic forces, parasitic entities have actually manipulated my mind and manipulated the the choices I was going to make. Making, I'm thinking it's me making this decision, and it's not. It's a parasitic entity, and so that's something that also has to be really kept in the back of our heads is that. Sometimes people make decisions, and this can help sometimes when, when you feel you've been wronged by somebody and you don't understand why did they act that way? They always seem to be a pretty nice guy. Well, that could have been the moment their guard was down and some sort of entity pushed them in a way that they don't normally go. And even the person themselves after would be saying, well, I don't know why I did that or I don't know why I said that. So we, we also have to dig into all of these layers and elements of why we do what we do, why we act the way we act and who or what is pulling the strings for us, how many times, we all like to think we have free will, but when we really break it down, how many times in our life have we truly had free will? Have we truly actually uh, acted from our deepest true self, our deepest true desire, and how many of our actions have had some form of, mm, I don't want to use the word manipulation, it's not the right word, some form of conditioning at least right. layered over it, that it was something else, in a sense, robotically making choices for us, not really us, more than we like to imagine. Yes, yes. It's so much easier to see it in other people. <laughs> you know? yeah, of course. <laughs> that mirror of truth. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's, it's, it is so challenging because as you begin to work through this, this material, and again, for anyone listening, this is a thesis. Right, I, I can't prove how our creation is. I, I can't prove that the Gnostics are right. I can't prove that the Cathars are right. I can't prove that the, the uh, pyramid texts are right. But they seem what they tend to present matches a lot of my life experience and the life experience of people who've been close to me uh, throughout my life. And I'm leaning more and more that they're on the right track. They're on the right. They're on the right uh, direction point. And Freeman brought up earlier this idea of this constant Armageddon that 
constantly through our, our, our history, people have always at some point felt like the world is going to end. And we're in another point like that again now. And, and I think that's true. But what's it's not ending like life on earth or the whole planet. It's It's literally the current dream that is going on. The current system of energy ends and a new system is put in place. If you consider that that this place is a type of soul farm, an energy farm, and the demiurges, you might say, and, and the archons are working a, a system of energy uh, extraction, of course, there will come times when they start to say, you know what, we're not getting enough energy. Uh, we're, we're, we're needing more and more power, and we're not getting it. We need to restructure the realm. We need to restructure this whole dream. And that's where the the chapter of, of Robert Monroe and his book, Far Journeys, I think is quite helpful. And if you start seeing that we're going through the great reset now, and it is happening and it is going to happen, that guaranteed, but it's not about banking. It's not about governments. It's not about anything else. When you see it's about energy, it's about the extraction of energy from humans into what you might call the computer system of reality. It would make sense because now what, what wants to happen, right? They want to merge humans with AI, humans with robots. And that would make sense if, if, you're, if you have an energy extraction machine sort of one place and the human is at another place, well, there'll be energy loss as the energy is being extracted from the human to the machine. If you can plug the human into the machine, you would automatically gain more energy automatically because there would be no loss of the movement of the energy or the, you know, if you think of it as heat from the human to the machine. So as we begin to see what, what's really going on here is going to be a restructuring of the harvesting of energy of all of the beings of the planet, we actually start to understand what's really going on. And when we understand what's really going on, if we can be two steps ahead of it, we can actually navigate around it. Yes. Yes. Uh, which uh, makes me think of the power of no. <laughs> like, you know, and so often it seems that this is inevitable, but yet, you know, the, the times for people to find their own true inner power is lost. Do you have methods that people could start to use to try to find their inner power? Right. But the, the, that will, all, and this is again my opinion on all this, but generally that will start to get lost because once people begin to find a bit of their inner power, the first thing they do is go back outside with it. It's look at the world and say, oh, yeah, the world is bad. It's crazy. And I need to fix it. Right. I need to change it. I need to make it better. So all of a sudden, that energy is being thrown back out into the world without really understanding what the world is. I mean, if the, if this reality is only set up as a harvesting, uh, energy source, if it's set up as a realm of suffering, if that's really what it is, uh, and, and this is something everyone needs to honestly ask themselves and look into, don't trust me or believe me, find out the answer for yourself one way or another. But don't start, in my opinion, don't start throwing out a bunch of energy trying to fix a world that you don't know might not be able to be fixed. If the whole thing is set up to be just suffering and energy and energy stealing, then to throw all your energy trying to change it will do absolutely nothing. You're just throwing Instead, your soul into a be, meat grinder. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're just, you're just actually, you're just throwing more energy into, into the system. You're actually making it worse. The difference would be like, okay, then how do I extract myself from the entire system? I don't need to change it. The system can do what it wants, but it's just like, it's just like the PayPal example you gave at the beginning of the show. Once everybody started canceling their PayPal accounts, so people's energy were no longer going into PayPal, they now started running into huge trouble. And that's the same thing. I think rather than trying to change the Demiurge's world, trying to change reality, it's what happens if we unplug from it? What happens if we stop giving the realm energy and we keep the energy individually for ourselves or in small groups of who we are connected with and working with? In a sense, we're changing our small environment. We're changing where we are, where we live, how we interact, who we interact with. And we don't even worry too much about the dream. And I think that's a, a huge element because that that is as big a trap as anything else. You know, that idea, I'm going to fix the world. And then people go out for five years and then they come back and like, well, that didn't work out too well. And it's like, no, and they, they're tired, they're exhausted, they're run down as opposed to, 
But now you've got access to all this energy from what you've seen and how you've changed your changed your perception back to your own power. What can you really do with that that has a true impact on your totality, on yourself, and maybe on a few people close to you? To me, I think that that has great power when you go from fixing everything to fixing my own personal environment. Well said. Yes, absolutely. So when we get to the point of why is this creation here and can we fix God's mistake? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, we, we get to that point. We, we start to realize that this creation actually is just a soul sucker for the, the archons. And we are just simply feeding this beast. We are cattle in a pen. And uh, we can see that in people as they go about their day and day lives, as you watch them come off the subway. I mean, it doesn't look that much different than the cattle just being led straight to the slaughterhouse. Nobody's happy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a joyful world here. No, there uh, again, there are elements of it. I've had many periods in my life where, where I've, I've enjoyed myself. I've had sure. fun. I've had very loving experiences. I've appreciated them. I'm, I'm glad when they when they appear. But like anything, I know this realm is now is not designed for that to be continuous. And so many spiritual traditions, I think, have become they become set up in such a way to, of course, make a lot of money. The the spiritual tradition now it's a spiritual marketplace. It's a multi billion dollar in your industry, and they sell happiness. And they try to sell extended happiness. And they try to sell ways in which you, in a sense, stay in a place of, and I'm going to call it more denial than happiness. Because if if you shut out all of this stuff, if you shut out reality the way it really is, and kind of keep yourself in in a in a in a denial box, you can actually feel okay. You can actually feel not bad. And okay, that's fine for a while. That's fine for a few months or a few years or even a few decades. Then you're going to die. And are you, is that, is that, is all of that experience going to really help you in the transition phase when there's the possibility that this is a place where a whole bunch of archons are going to be tricking and deceiving you and getting you to come back to live another life of the same suffering? I also bring up in the book this this idea of, uh, and this is so difficult, is so many, so many, there's so many people out there who have a lot of knowledge and, and a lot of teachers that I, I had looked at in my life and like, yeah, they, they know a lot, they understand a lot, or they, a, a lot of knowledge of oneness or absolute reality, or, but they don't know anything about this deception. They don't know anything about traps and archons and after death realms. And I realized, you know what's going to happen? All of these people that I looked up to for a long, long time, they're going to die. They're going to get tricked. They're going to follow dead grandma or whoever into the, in the white light. They're going to be reincarnated. They're going to be right back here. Their memory's going to be wiped. And all of the work they did in this life, all of the advancements they think they made will be gone. And they'll be starting back from day one again. So if, if I take this only for myself, so if I've put in all of this work, for all of this time in my life, I want to make sure I apply it 100% to go home. I don't want to have to deal with another memory wipe and coming back here ignorant and starting all over again. This is my opportunity. I put in a lot of work, a lot of effort. I've seen through a ton. It's my opportunity to say, I'm done with this place. I'm going home. You know, it, it, it can do it at once. The party can keep going. You know, it's 3 a.m. and everyone's still drunk and they're still trying to get me to have a few drinks, but it's time. I'm going home and that's it. And maybe, maybe what I write and what I'm talking about will, will resonate with a few other people who, who are at a similar place and say, yeah, I, I'm ready to go home too. I'm ready to just, I'm ready to do that. And, and uh, maybe this is a great opportunity for all of us to, for a large group of us to go home together. I am at peace at peace. what I have accomplished here in this realm. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm ready and no problems, no regrets, no uh, shoulda, woulda, couldas, which will absolutely eat your soul. I mean, I don't know if you guys oh. go through shoulda, woulda, couldas, but man, that's the worst thoughts and feelings, the regrets and the guilt and the 
you know, that's, that's what these archons feed on, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I talked about the, the recapitulation as well in my book. It's the importance of really going through your life to, to know it really, really well. So you're not holding that regret. You're not holding the guilt. You're not holding the shame. You've, you've seen things honestly. You've seen yourself honestly. You've, you've seen how, how difficult things have transformed you. You've seen, you've seen how you've grown, but there's all of those, like you say, those, that sucking, terrible, heavy energy is not there. Because there's gonna they're gonna try to throw a life review at you after you die, and if you're not if if you're not fully unknowing of your life, then there's gonna be surprises and there's gonna be tricks and they're gonna try to play the guilt the guilt game on you. And like you say, if you can be in a place where you can say I'm okay with my life, I'm okay with how I lived, I'm okay with what I done. Yeah, I would have done a few things differently, but that's how it turned out. I, I learned from it. I think you're then in a, you're, you're in a great starting point because. That guilt and shame is one of the number one hooks to being tricked to coming back here. Do you think that's what the old elite are doing out at Bohemian Grove with their cremation of care? At least that's their desire. We're going to cremate care so that we can escape this uh, reincarnation cycle. No, I, I don't think they can escape. I think in a sense, they're either, most of them are soulless now. They've either yes. they're either ro- they're either robotic creatures, archons themselves who have manifested into the into the realm, or they are um, they were they did have souls originally at one time in some life, and they sold sold their soul. Uh, you know, everything is a commodity. Everything is technically for sale. So the soul, because it is part of part of this false reality, it's it's a combination of essence and, and energy. So it's not pure essence. So it can be sold. So my feeling is is. Once you once you do that, once you become like Cipher in the Matrix, and you that's what he was doing with Smith, right? He was selling his soul to return back into the, into the Matrix. And once you do that, that means you can never leave. You are you are now a part of the of, of the Matrix forever. Hmm. And the only time it will the only time anything ends is when the simulation ends. So their whole purpose now for their own existence is to make sure the simulation keeps running. So if you start to see the uh, the, the sort of elites and the minions in that way, that uh, we can call them evil, but really what's going on is is they're just fighting for their own survival from the standpoint of recognizing the simulation has to keep going. It has to keep generating the power it needs because if the power ever shut off, or if you might say a bug ever gets into the system and it, and it, the thing has to get shut down, they all, they end, they die. But those with souls, if the, if the simulation shuts, shuts down, highly likely will automatically, will leave automatically at that point anyway. The, the trap will end. When the simulation ends, the trap ends at the same time. So I think that's more that's more of it. It's it's somehow designed to actually keep the simulation running. That's really what their their whole purpose is. And our purpose is to either end it or just just leave it. And of course, every time one of us leaves, we help everyone else. This is the amazing thing because while we're here, we're still giving power to the simulation. We're still giving power to this whole to the whole cave. Each each individual essence that returns home means there's one less essence that's powering this place. It's getting closer to the moment of being over. So we're actually, it sounds like we're being selfish. Oh yeah, I'm going home. I'm just leaving here. But actually by leaving here, uh, I'm helping actually the everyone else that's here because there's less power running. It becomes harder for everything involved, all the archons to keep it going. This gives a whole new meaning to the great reset. That's for sure. I want to pick up on that thought on the other side. Uh, let's tell everybody about exit the cave. Uh, you now have exitfromthecave.com where people can come and sign up for your newsletter to get all the information. And of course, Egyptian dash wisdom revealed.com is your primary site. Is that where people would go to uh, grab your books? Yeah, right now uh, it's still it's still only available as a PDF um, ebook. I wanted to have it out early, so if you go to Egyptian-Wisdom-Revealed.com using my or just googling my name, uh, exit the cave will come up there, and you can you can make a minimum five dollar donation. Like you, I had to change to a new payment service. I went over to Stripe as well, mm-hmm. and um, 
then you can get the and and you can get the the PDF book. But like I say, I wanted it out early because I wasn't sure looking yeah, into the world, writing, man. Exactly. When I was when I started writing this in April, and I realized I don't know if I can wait till November or December to have something ready. I'm not really sure what the world's going to be like. So my goal was September the first to have something ready, which I have. The print book is is almost done now. We should have that out in a week or two. So if you really want a print book, we should have that in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you if you check in on my website or my YouTube channel, you'll you'll know when that's up. And I'm uh, hopefully get an audio book because a lot of people have asked to also have an audio version of it, but that might take till November. Um, yeah, so that's where that's available. And um, it's uh, it, it's for sure a, ch- I know it's a challenging read. It was a challenging work. It was a wonderful work to write, but it was even challenging for me to write it. And uh, I'm always open to hearing your opinions, your ideas, your suggestions, um, different ways of looking at it. Because again, I, I'm, I'm looking ahead to writing a second book. This is like my foundation starting book. If everything allows me to, I'd like to have a second book of a deeper look at all this out in like next May or next June. Fantastic. Yes, we're going to need that knowledge. And guys, we are going to get into your death action plan. We're going to get into mind transfer technology and we're going to get into our own personal uh, experiences of out of body experiences and even near death or even almost dying if that's the same as near death. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But there's lots of lessons to be learned. And a couple of 50 year old men here, you know, we're we pretty much got the experience that you're going to be able to gain over this time. And hopefully we could share that with you uh, because it does take a lifetime to learn all these lessons again. And so, yes, if, if you think that, you know, reincarnation is your karmic return so that you could just come back in some blissful world. Well, look around. <laughs> what did you do last life to deserve this? That's what I got to know. Uh, but I hope you guys will go over to EgyptianWisdomRevealed.com with hyphens uh, and and get this and, and, and get deeper to find your own inner power because this is critical to right now to accept. you got to go through these stages of grief. Like I was saying, the the awakening to the world is like finding out that you're dying. It's It's the same feelings. It's all your hopes and dreams dashed. And you have to go through these stages of grief up to acceptance. But once you get to acceptance and you can stay within that and you can then perpetuate that sensation for yourself, with yourself, and not worry about trying to go save the world, then maybe, maybe you could get out of this cycle if you're not conned in the end. So uh, please come on over to freemantv.com and subscribe to get all the bonus and to keep this show going. I hope you guys know that this is on every podcast player out there, of course, banned from YouTube, but uh, now putting all the old videos up on Rockfin. I really want to revamp freemantv.com because uh, it needs some work. But not only that, it really doesn't include all of my work, right? I've been so disjointed and, and, and thrown away into different places that now the only way for you to get all of my work is to say to go buy the, the flash drive, which would give you all the podcasts, sign up for Rockfin to get you the videos. And uh, so it's all very disjointed right now. I hope to be able to recollect as they you know scattered me to the winds, you know? So uh, hopefully I can recollect all that. But for now, you can keep up on freemantv.com or every podcast out there, player out there, Spotify, Stitcher, Android, Google, all of it. You know, the, the free zone is there. Just put Freeman Fly and boom, there you are. Um, But I want to thank you all, and I especially need to thank old Steve Mercer, associate producer here, for keeping the ball rolling, keeping these wonderful people coming your way. So please, any help you can give Steve, give him a note over at producersteve at freemantv.com. And of course, you can always contact me, freeman at freemantv.com. And my one social network left to me is my Twitter. So you can find me at Freeman TV. So, you know, Freeman TV is pretty much what you need to know. But yes, let's get to your death action plan. Let's start thinking about our death and let's think about what is I. Uh, This is another big question. We're going to get into all of this in the second hour. I hope you guys have gained a lot from this. This was an important message for now. And uh, yeah, absolutely giving a whole new meaning as reality is being reset. So we will see you all next week. (laughs) 